Philly. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Let's introduce ourselves properly. And who are you, miss? I am Cruella DeVille, darling. And who are you, sir? I'm the artist formerly known as Canty. And I'm just an 80s dude. And we're wearing (laughs) costumes. You could watch us on ESPN2 and see our costumes here. I think we did a good job. People are looking at me very odd in the hallways. We have to commit. Yeah, you have to commit when you're doing a costume for Halloween, right? You have to absolutely lean in. You absolutely have to. You you can't come in halfway. No. If you are going to dress up, you need to dress up. But I think it should be noted, we are the only show, I think, at the Seaport that dressed up because I saw the Get Up crew uh, in their prep meeting, and they're all in suits. Yeah, I walked out in the hallway, and all I heard was, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I heard in the hallway. And that just lets me know that I stuck the landing with the costume. Is it, is it the purple eyeshadow? Is that is that is that? I think that looks is it, really is good. Is it giving what it's supposed to? It's giving it's symbol. Giving? It's okay. giving love. It's okay. getting music. Giving musical genius. Okay. But I I think the whole thing. It's every time I look at you, there's something different. I notice like the the cuff on the jacket with oh, the yeah. ruffle. He's sure, yeah. got the, the Seinfeld puffy shirt. Yeah, going the on. the pearls on the lapel. I mean, you leaned <laughs> in. It's absolutely, amazing. Absolutely. I'm just surprised they could find a costume this ham size. <laughs> Six eight three hundred fifty pounds. Oh, did you specially order that or? Was is that off the rack at a Halloween no, no, store? Is, I'm not special ordering a Halloween costume. I don't know. No, this is off the rack, brother. Yeah, all right. I'm very off comfortable in my jump. Very nice jumpsuit. rack, but it's off the rack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very comfortable in this 80s jumpsuit. The, the wig go. is not as comfortable. i got to be honest with you. It's a little <laughs> bit uncomfortable, this wig. You I did got want rocking. longer hair. You got, a, you got a bird nest thing going on on the top of your head there. I do, yeah. yeah it's a little, little you think uh, I should exactly. put this headband down a little there bit? There you go. I don't know. I don't know. There, there you go. go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I like it. There you better. go. There okay. You go. All right. There All right. we go. All right. Uh, we I'm are sure the Sixers like... feel a little bit better today, too, don't they? You th- I think. I think they feel a little I bit think, better. But I think what the Sixers are feeling is basically a little bit of wait and see. Okay? So let's explain what that means. The trade happened. Adrian Wojnarowski reported it in the middle of the night. I believe 2.40 a.m. Eastern time or something like that. That it happened last night that Woj reported it. So here's what happens. The Clippers get James Harden. They get James Harden's best friend on the team, P.J. Tucker, who we play with, of course, in Houston. The 76ers get the expiring contracts. Have to preface it that way for a reason. Of Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, and Kenyon Martin Jr. They also get a 2028 first-round pick and a two-second-round picks as well as a pick swap in 2029 and an additional first round pick now where does that additional first round pick come from we don't know yet we are going we're waiting and seeing on that Woj told us Adrian Wojnarowski that that will get done at some point today there will be another team involved in this that will be enticed to give up a first round pick by the Clippers to get that to the Sixers so the Sixers per Woj said if you're not going to give us Terrence Mann you got to give us picks it seems like the Clippers are going to get the picks let's each discuss different sides of this. CC, start us off with the Philly side. You love the Philly side. I'll give you the Clippers side. Smalls, you give us all of it and kind of big picture here on this. I love the Philly side because it gives them maximum flexibility, right? You're talking about all the expiring contracts. You got an unprotected 28 first round pick and you're going to get another first round pick. So you've, you've created a treasure trove of assets and cap dollars to be able to bring over another star from another NBA team to pair with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. And what has been the chatter all summer throughout the course of the NBA. Is Joel Embiid going to get to the point where he wants out because of the mess that James Harden created? I think moving on from that level of dysfunction, getting that guy out of the building, serves to stabilize the team with a new head coach and Nick Nurse, but it also provides a lot of different avenues for you to improve your team to become 
you know, one of those top teams in the Eastern Conference, a team that's capable of getting through the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics on their way to the NBA Finals. I think it's a real possibility now at the trade deadline that they can add that third star so that Joel Embiid is happy and so that this team has an actual opportunity to contend and to break through that second-round ceiling. Let's let's put some more urgency on that, right? You always look to, at the urgency of what's next, et cetera, like yeah. we see it today in the NFL for yeah, the yeah. Eastern deadline. Do they have to get the third star by the deadline, or can they wait till the offseason? Yeah, yeah, I think they absolutely have to do that. Now, we just had Adrian Wojnarowski on in the 6 o'clock hour, and he was talking about them potentially making a big swing next summer. I don't think Joel Embiid is going to give them that amount of time to wait. I agree with you. No, I, I think if you're Embiid, you're at the height of your powers. You have to take advantage of every single season, including this one. So maybe Philly can't do anything today, but a couple of months down the road, they absolutely need to be beating the bushes for stars that are disgruntled on teams that have fallen out of contention. Now, Woj floated out the possibility of OG Ananobi uh, from the Toronto Raptors. You know, Pascal Siakam is a name that's also been out there. Donovan Mitchell has the potential to extend, but hasn't extended with the Cavs. The thought being that he wants to get closer to home. He's from the tri-state area. So I I just think that there are going to be opportunities for the Sixers to add that star. Who that ends up being is yet to be determined, but I absolutely think they do that in season this year. I don't think they can afford to wait until the summer of 24. Okay. Uh, I'll add one other name to the list, and that's DeMar DeRozan, because that's one guy you could get in season that could help you that's not on your books for next season. I wonder if they take a look at him. Now, the Clippers side of it. Here's why I actually like this from the Clippers side of it. There are four guys that you traded in Marcus Morris, uh, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, and Kenyon Martin Jr. that may not be in your playoff rotation, at least may not be top five or six guys in the playoffs. And you go out there and you get a, two guys who are going to be starters for you. P.J. Tucker, if healthy, I know he's old for an NBA and NBA standards, but PJ Tucker makes a lot of sense for that team because he doesn't care about shooting. And obviously they have other guys that do care about shooting. In addition, Harden is a regular season player. Kawhi Leonard is a postseason player. Them together on the same team makes sense. Plus, if this doesn't work this year, I think Steve Ballmer, the majority governor of the team, Lawrence Frank, the general manager, can say to Kawhi and Paul George, we gave you everything we possibly could give you. And now, if this is not going to work, we are going to potentially move you and, and get those pieces back. We gave up picks. You'll get us picks back. Now, here's the wrinkle in this that we that I just we need to bring up. They are moving into a new arena. So does James Harden have the star power years to come? CeCe, you asked about the future contract extension for Harden, saying that we all know that's what he wants out of this. We've never heard James Harden just say, I want to win a title. We know that he wants the money and he wants the contract in his hometown of L.A. Well, the new arena, with he is a star still. He may not play like it at all times, but he has star power, Smalls, that you wonder if that factors into this as well. Well, and that's another reason that I, I love this side for both deals, but whatever his motivating factor is, he wants to be there. He wants to be with this organization. So the Clippers are going to get a very hungry and motivated James Harden. I think that when you look at both of these teams, it's a win-win. I love that that the Clippers went out and fortified themselves. 
Philly moved on from a situation where they were at an impasse of. There was no way that they were going to be able to see the forest or the trees or make amends on either side. So I'm looking at both of these teams as a positive, especially with Philly making that supplementary move. But I just wonder which team has more of a sense of urgency to win. At, at the offset, you think that it's Philly because of the Joel Embiid situation. But with the Clippers, you don't really know what you're going to get from a health perspective with Kawhi and Paul George. You also don't know what version of James Harden you're going to get consistently. So I, I just don't know which team has more of a, a sense of urgency to win I, right I now. I think it's absolutely the Clippers. I don't, I don't even think that's close when you start talking about the two teams just because of the uncertainty around all of the stars. Yeah. You're not just talking about one or two. You're talking about all of them with Russell Westbrook, with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard, now with James Harden. And here's the interesting part about James Harden. We saw what he did to force his way out of Houston. We saw what he did to force his way out of Brooklyn. We've now seen what he's done to force his way out of Philly. How much pressure is on James Harden to deliver now that he's gotten exactly what he's won for not a first time, not a second time, but a third time in as many calendar years? I, I, just, I, I sit here, I sit back and think, this is going to be a part of James Harden's legacy, the fact that he's forced his way out. If he doesn't deliver when it matters most in the postseason, then all of a sudden we're going we're gonna to start attaching this to James Harden more so than the MVP, more so than the scoring titles. This is going to become what people headline when we start talking about James Harden's career in the NBA. You're absolutely right. This is what we will attach to him. But I wonder if he cares about that. I wonder if he's a legacy guy. No. Because it does, his behavior doesn't really indicate uh, that he cares about well, his legacy well, the way some of these other NBA stars I do. I will say this, Smalls, as a former athlete, Every athlete cares about how they're remembered. They mm. do. Now, you can't take away the, t- the scoring titles. You can't take away the MVP. Those are etched in stone. But what, what I will say is his behavior over the last three or four seasons is now usurped everything that he's done in a positive in the association if he doesn't deliver for this Clippers team. Because all of a sudden, the common denominator for all of the dysfunction in all of these different situations becomes James Harden. Now, I don't like to attach the stink of what happened to the Brooklyn Nets to him, but he certainly didn't help that situation. He's just a contributor. Like, just like he didn't help the situation at the end in Houston. Just like he didn't help the situation with an MVP player with the 76ers. At what point do we start to hold James Harden accountable for why these teams can't achieve at the highest level of the sport when he's viewed as being a superstar player. But when Damian Lillard wants out, he makes his intentions clear that he he has a finite amount of time left. They're not committing to him in Portland, and he wants to go somewhere where he can win. Is that what James Harden, it, the messaging is with him? It's that he wants to go somewhere that's going to benefit him financially, and he wants to be at, in a place where he wants to be. It's not necessarily about getting the ring. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. A couple of things on this. First of all, in terms of the more pressure or who's got more urgency to win right now, I agree it's the Clippers, but I think that the Sixers should listen to what CC said. It should be the Sixers because of the fact that what the Clippers have, the Clippers have the power right now. They can say to Kawhi and Paul George, we've done everything, we've given up everything, we've paid everyone to get you everything that you wanted, and you don't play basketball all the time. I'm not questioning that they, if they're faking injuries. I'm not saying that. They just don't play basketball. So the Clippers could sit there and say, we have the power, not you. The reverse is the case in Philadelphia, okay? That Joel Embiid owns that team. Josh Harris can have billions. Joel Embiid is in charge of that team, and they are on the clock with Joel Embiid. 
I believe this is what he wanted ultimately, but he has to look at this as I'm done taking steps back to take the two steps forward. I don't want to wait till the offseason. I want it to happen now and get accustomed to whoever that is going in. Now, the other thing with Harden, he I don't think he has any pressure to win it all this year because his reputation precedes him, and he has done nothing to try to fight that off. We think, fair or not, James Harden cares about money, lifestyle, and points. None of those are things that we look at relative to contributions to championships. The reason the pressure is on more so Damian Lillard is all we've heard forever. Loyalty, team, winning, I want to do everything. James Harden has not shied away from his reputation, and every move he's made has been for him, not necessarily to get on the best possible team, the best situation. He hasn't come out there and said, I want to go to San Antonio and learn from Pop. I want to go to Miami so I can get in the best physical condition of my life. He never said that. It's, what do you say, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, whatever it is? Yeah. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Yeah. yeah, that's what we think he is, so we don't hold them to the winning standard. Well, I will say this. It was different. It was a different tune from James Harden when he left the Brooklyn Nets. Remember everything that was going on with Kyrie and K- KD? James Harden was saying, you know what? I want to get out of this situation because it's not going to get better, and I want to compete at the highest levels of the sport. That was the situation that he left. Think about it. He left two all-NBA caliber players, a guy that won an MVP in Brooklyn because of the dysfunction Mm -hmm. and decided he was going to go with the Sixers because of the promise of Embiid and of Maxi. That was the one instance in his career that I thought James Harden put winning above money. But once he got into that situation, once he got with an MVP, once he got with a young ascending player in Tyrese Maxey, the thought was that he would be veteran leadership in, in the way of helping his team compete once they got to the postseason. And I will say this. James Harden did show up for a couple of games in the Eastern Conference semis. Game one when Joel Embiid was out, he drops 40-plus. Game four on their home court, and it was, a, it was a pivotal game for them, he drops 40-plus, including a couple of three-pointers in overtime. So I, I just – James Harden stepped up in instances, but it was far too inconsistent for Daryl Morey to give him the kind of contract that he was looking for. And once he didn't get one thing that he didn't like, he decided that he was going to rip the court and create a circus around a team that has real aspirations. From that standpoint, I don't know how the Clippers can bring him in and think that this is going to be any better when a guy has shown that he's going to put whatever his interests are ahead of your team agenda, which just so happens to be trying to win a championship. Totally fair. That that is an impossible point to argue because he's done it now three times. And nobody does it three times. Nobody gets away with it three times, to be honest with you. But we don't hold him to the championship standard, so we allow him to get away with it as fans and media. All right, coming up, we will have the trade deadline today in the NFL at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Lions had a big win last night. Will they find their way into Canty's power rankings next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Here we go. We have Canty's Power Rankings, and we have Candy Power Rankings. <laughs> CC Top 5 Teams in the NFL on Halloween, deadline day, 4 p.m. Eastern. Who's number five? Well, let's kick this thing off. Javante, do we have the music? There we go. We got to have the NFL music when we do the power rankings, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to get this thing kicked off in day trois, three, one third. The Lions, a team that should run away with the NFC North now that we have the Kirk Cousins injury. They did a great job of bouncing back in a primetime game. This ain't the same old Lions, and that's something that this team has talked about in the past. Everybody wants to go back to this team not winning a division title in the last 30 years. The last time it happened was 1991, but there's a real opportunity. But we got to start looking at the Detroit Lions a little bit differently. It's not just a feel-good story about a team that has a one-off in winning a division. We have to look at them as a team that's contending in the NFC and judge them through the same vein that we judge the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this Lions team did a great job of being able to control the line of scrimmage last night. They ran the ball for over 200 yards. Still a little sloppy with the turnovers. Three turnovers yesterday, including a pick six by Jared Goff. They got to get that cleaned up. That's going to come back to bite them against better teams. But... The fact that they can play defense the way that they did, have sudden change defense be really good, really good situationally, third down, red zone, et cetera, I think that's something that's going to benefit this team moving forward. The Detroit Lions are not just a feel-good story. They're actually a contender in the NFC. Keep it moving. The Kansas City Chiefs. Now, guys, I know that it's Pat Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, what's understood ain't got to be said, but I'm a little bit worried about the Kansas City Chiefs. And I can't believe I'm saying this. My concerns are on the offensive side of the ball, not the defense. The defense is top five in yards, top five in points, and you're talking about them being 11th in takeaways with 12 turnovers created on the season. But the offense keeps giving the ball away more than the defense keeps taking it away. There are only two teams in football that have more giveaways than the Kansas City Chiefs. And a big part of the problem on the offensive side of the ball is not being on the same page with the quarterbacks and the receivers. Pat Mahomes trying to break in uh, some young guys that they're trying to get acclimated to that offense. It's been a struggle when he's targeting anybody else other than Travis Kelsey in this offense. They got to get that figured out in the second half. Otherwise, we could be talking about an earlier exit from the postseason they were used to in Kansas City. They need to make a trade for a wide receiver by 4 o'clock? Absolutely. Sure? I mean, yeah, absolutely. That That's a team that should absolutely be looking to add some weapons on the outside for Pat Mahomes. You've given the young guys plenty of opportunities. Nobody has kind of grabbed that mantle to be that, that receiver that's dominant outside of Travis Kelsey. they got to find somebody that can help them in, in their quest to repeat as champions. Next, number three, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team that just keeps on winning. Wow, five straight wins. Five straight wins. I mean, they started out the season a little uneven. When they lost to the Houston Texans, I think everybody raised an eyebrow. But this is a team that's come roaring back. I mean, they had that stretch where they won three games in 11 days. But the win on the road in Pittsburgh 
was equally as impressive. That's a tough environment for a young football team to go in and win. You know Mike Tomlin can muck up a game like nobody else's business, but the Jacksonville Jaguars showed that they can play that kind of game. They showed that they can play that kind of game, and it wasn't perfect. Trevor Lawrence had the turnover in the red zone, but I think you saw the different elements that they have. They got a defense that can create some takeaways, extra possessions and field position. You saw Travis Etienne have 150 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. The guy gets into the end zone every single game that he plays in. So even if Trevor Lawrence isn't perfect, They've got a really good team around them that can pick up the slack. That's why Jacksonville has to be taken seriously as a contender in the AFC. My son is 10 years old. He's a Jags fan. He just texted me, Chris Canty, I love you. There he is. He has not texted me that he loves me yet today, but Canty, he loves you that he put the Jaguars to three, and I think deservedly so. They're really good. I'm glad you did that. No doubt about it. All right, next, Devontae. My Baltimore Ravens. You see the purple on me. Purple rain, baby. Purple rain. And that's Lamar Jackson in his Baltimore Ravens offense. Finally looks like they're turning a corner. You saw them got out to a little bit of a slow start in Arizona, but they picked it up and really put their foot on the gas. The defense is what gives me the confidence in Baltimore. I get that people are saying week to week they don't know what to expect from the offense. I think the inconsistency on the offensive side of the ball will go away along with the turnovers. But defense with Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, that's something that they can hang their hat on. That defense has been elite going back to the middle of last season. That's not going to change. So even though they play in a really tough division, the toughest division in all of football, in a surging Cincinnati Bengals team, I still have the utmost confidence in the Baltimore Ravens that they're going to be able to win that division and they're going to be able to go on a deep playoff run. The Philadelphia Eagles. And here's the crazy thing about the Eagles. I still don't think they've had a complete performance all three phases yet. And we're going into week nine, and they're 7-1. and one. It, it, it really is incredible. One of their best players, Jalen Carter, has been out for several weeks. Hasn't seemed to matter for this team. A.J. Brown is playing at uh, an MVP type of level. I mean, everybody's focusing on Tyreek Hill because he's the first receiver to get to 1,000 yards through the first eight games. A.J. Brown ain't far behind. I mean, A.J. Brown has six consecutive games where he's had 125 receiving yards or more. That, that's a better six-year, six-game run than Jerry Rice ever had at any point in his career. That's how good A.J. Brown is, and by, by consequence, that ends up making Jalen Hurts that much better. I think this team is only going to continue to improve. Remember, they started out this season breaking in two new coordinators in Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. They're still figuring out things on the fly. This team is not close to as good as how they're going to be at the end of the season. That's why I think Philadelphia is scary, scary once we start talking about playoff football. So that's the list. Those are the power rankings. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections? Any observations? Um, I love the list. I think that the Chiefs taking a a little bit of a slip there at number four, very um, relevant based on this week. But I wrote down some fan bases, Cece, that might have an issue with the power rankings. Okay, who we got? What about the Dolphins, mm. Dallas, and Seattle all coming off a win? And those teams are either five or two or six and two in the Dolphins' case. And, yeah. and San Francisco, I think, still has a right, despite how they've played, 
to think that you can't, you can't, you can't lose three games yeah. in a row. I mean, Cincinnati, I think, has a better argument to be in the power that's rankings a fair than San point. Francisco right Miami's now. Miami's the one. That's a good one, Smalls. Miami, I mean, that's the Dallas, one that, that, that's fighting their way in. All right, those are the canty power rankings. And now on Halloween, Smalls has the candy power rankings. Checking in at number two, we need a fruit-flavored candy option. It's got to be Starburst, right? Mm, you can Starburst. get the pink. You can get the red. The orange, the yellow, you can mix half and half so it could taste like a pink lemonade. Outstanding. But number one in the candy power rankings, without a doubt, is the goat, and that is Twix. What? Twix. Twix? Twix is the goat. Any Anything didn't, Reese's. Didn't, didn't, didn't see that coming. Anything Reese's. Chocolate, caramel, a cookie wafer, wrap it all into one delicious package. Twix is the goat. Uh, I will say, Starburst, like Gatorade, you never actually refer to by their flavor. You just do it by the color. Correct. It's such a, like, oh, I'm going to have the red one. Well, red is not a flavor. It's cherry. Yeah. Pink is strawberry, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know. It's that's pink a hor- horrible number one. Twix as your number one <laughs> overall candy. America, back me up here. Everyone Small. loves Twix. Twix is outstanding. I'm not going to disparage Twix. Everyone loves Twix. Twix. I, I just, number one? Feel, number one feels lofty for Twix. What are you? If you have the bowl of candy, what are you reaching in to grab? A Ooh. Reese's peanut butter cup or something? Yeah, Reese's. Anything Reese's for me. I don't know Twix about Reese's. Reese's uh, yeah, Twix. I'm going for the Twix over Reese's. I, I don't know, man. The Snickers is pretty damn good. The Snickers is good. I know it's not original, but the Snickers, there's something about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Snickers, it's very dependable. All very right, reliable. number one in the candy rankings. You can weigh in on that as part of Unsportsmanlike Nation and the Dots or Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dots or Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dots or Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Smalls is laughing because I'm doing this as an 80s rocker, I guess, at No, this I'm point. laughing because Prince is... Drumming up a tune. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, uh, Javante playing? No, that's CeCe playing the guitar <laughs> as Prince. Jeff Saturday, next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. The series is on ESPN Radio. Catch all the action between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We are Unsportsmanlike here on Halloween. If you're watching us on ESPN2, you see all of us dressed up. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Jeff Saturday is here as Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you just need the pullover, yes. and then you're, then you're Peyton Manning. Quarter on. zip. I need you to hold on for a second. Yes. The artist formerly known as Canty would like to be hospitable to our new guests in the unsportsmanlike studio because I knew Jeff Saturday was coming over. He's a former offensive lineman and a big fan of Charlie Murphy. I wanted to make sure that I served Jeff some pancakes. Yeah, Jeff Saturday, here are your pancakes. Charlie Murphy's favorite. I just so wanted to make good. sure that I had him served so up for you, good. my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. I Absolutely. Thank you. We have you- to have him. 
You are three. Uh, you are three please, princes. Please don't it, stare directly into my eyes. You are three princes in Thank one. You. You, look, you look very, very good. And as I saw you in my meeting, as I saw you leave in this saunter that you have, the saunter, the saunter. Yeah, yeah it, the saunter. Uh, it's. I mean, it's hard to saunter when you have heels on too. I'm sure it yeah. is. All right, let's ask you about what has become the news of the day. So it is trade deadline day, so let's ask you about a trade. It just happened in the NBA. What do you make of James Harden leaving his third team, going to his oh, fourth or fifth team, actually, with Oklahoma City, but asking out of his third team now going to the It's Clippers. unreal. Like, like, it, man, like, from a guy, I mean, from football guys, this yep. just seems so out. I mean, how does it continue to happen? Yeah. Like, you just don't get it. I don't understand it. Like, how do you keep asking out of wherever it is – and getting it just it blows me away. That it, it just shows you the difference in our games, and and that you know, you I guess talent just you know what our expected talent, expected production, whatever it is, yep. hope. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make you guys is. jealous? As, as I know, this sounds odd, but as football players, you guys don't have yeah. for whatever reason the right to say, nah, I don't like it here. I want to go here and actually get there. Right. The way that the NBA players have the right to do. Does I that agree. make you jealous? No, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, if you, you're like, hey, this doesn't fit for me, I'm I want out, and the team goes, yeah, sure, we'll go ahead and we'll send you on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it. If 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 we had it like basketball, think about how fun NFL trade deadline day would really be. Oh, like, no doubt. Like right now, we're talking about guys that most people wouldn't even know they're on the roster are going to get traded instead of the big name guys who are like. Like, hey, I want to go do this. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, I want to go try to go win a Super Bowl today, and I'm going to leave wherever I am and let's go roll. I, I love it. I mean, I think it's, I think it's great for the game. You just, yeah. So we are jealous. Uh, yeah, just, just a little bit. But I think the Sixers looked at it as a situation that was untenable There's no in way. terms of keeping James Harden around and integrating him back into that team. Yeah, more. It's over. Exactly. It feels like that. And Jeff, you've worn the head coach hat in the NFL before. Yeah. And it feels like you got a little bit of those vibes out in Vegas with Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels. Yes. And so I know the reports came out there this weekend that the Raiders weren't interested in trading them. But after watching last night's game and hearing what Devontae Adams had to say afterward, is there a world that exists where you think the Raiders are better off keeping Devontae? No. And for, for Devontae, I don't think it's better for him. Like, this guy went there because Derek Carr was going to be there. That He thought he was going to have QB stability, right? He gets shipped out. He's down in New Orleans. Now he's with Jimmy G. Look, I mean, he was he was hot yesterday, and deservedly so, right? Like, yeah. the, 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 the interception early, got no business going there. And then the overthrows late. He, he had, you know, he's five yards past the DB on one, throws it out of bounds. On the other one, it's a sure touchdown. Even if it's a bad ball, maybe it's a 50-yard gain, and he can't come back to it. You saw the frustration. Frustration for him, whatever's going on with he and Jimmy G, they're not on the same page, and it's not because of lack of targets. This is not a they're trying to feed him the ball, but if you can't get the ball, if you're Devontae Adams, if Buffalo called for you, you're telling me you ain't on the first you know plane out. We out of here, going right, Kansas <laughs> City. We gone like any you know, name anybody who is a San potential Fran. contender. You're gone, bro. Like you're like I can't get out of here fast enough. And and so and if you're the Raiders, he's a thirty. What is he? A thirty-one, thirty-two-year-old wide receiver who's not happy where he is. Is this the rebuild? Because it's going to be a rebuild. Yeah. Right. Like so, what's the rebuild look like? Is it around he and Jimmy G? I think those are the questions. So if yeah, if you're Devonte Adams, you're thinking, man, this has not turned into what what he expected there in Vegas. Devonte Adams, thirty years old. <laughs> 
30. 30, years, 30 yeah. years old. <laughs> yeah, so he wants it now. Right? And there's plenty of runway, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. think about this. If the Jets called you and says, hey, come play, you know, even if Aaron doesn't come back, you can go back with Aaron in New York. Like, you're like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out yeah, I, I, want, I mean, there's seven teams he, that would potentially, and he's going to make anybody better. The yeah. guy knows how to run routes. He knows how to find his way. You know, it's not like he's not going to improve a team. So anybody would be happy to have him. Jeff, as we get closer to the trade deadline, I'm going to make you a human trade generator. You can pick okay. one team add one uh, new player to the mix. Who? What is the team and who are you adding? Oh, D- Dallas Cowboys with Derrick Henry. Mm. I'm doing it right. I, I, listen, mm. I'm, I'm, I am on it. I would do it. I, I, I tell people all that. If there is a team, right, so if you put the Cowboys at three or four in the NFC, right, they're kind of they're, they're, they're kind of one of those iffy teams, right, where you would want to say they're in there with San Fran, but they got the doors blown off against San Fran. Okay, are they as good as the Eagles? They always kind of, you know, Dak plays good against the Eagles, but are they as good as – Derrick Henry, with the offensive line that the Cowboys have right now, which, by the way, isn't like it, – it's not a traditional, you know, Cowboys O-line is the best O-line type, you know, top five. They're, they're not playing great, right? Derrick Henry creates plays without good offensive line production. Yeah. That's what you got to have. I'm not taking anything away from Pollard and what he can do and how explosive he – but listen, you get in the third quarter with a seven-point lead, bro – Feed that dude. Yeah. Feed King Henry and, and see how this thing goes. And if you're Jerry Jones and you're Stephen Jones, because everybody always says, well, you're never one play away. Never one player away. I agree with that. But you got Dak. CD's finally playing like a one. You got good tight end play. Your offensive line is a bit iffy, right? So go get a guy who can create. And there ain't but one. Like, there's one in our game. That's Derrick Henry. That thing. Like, he literally doesn't the, – the, the blocking – you know, he he's BYOB. To, Bring your own block. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. get to the line of scrimmage, he's getting four, right? And so that that's the type of player if I'm Steven Jones and 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 Jerry Jones, I'm making that play. I'm just telling you right now because I think that bumps you in to that one or two. And it's not like San Fran's defense has played great. And you're gonna go play Philly, who's D line and can play, right? So yeah. so okay, so they they make a play. But Derrick Henry still gets you the line of scrimmage or better. That To me, that's just a game changer. It's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Joined by Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. He will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Could we see a quarterback get moved today? Uh, potentially for Minnesota, I don't, I, you know, like who's going who's gonna to go, right? Like that's the, that's the kind of question to me is – a lot of a lot of injuries for quarterbacks already this year. I think teams are seeing the volume. You think Andy Minshew's played what e- almost every game, right? So you you look down the list of how many QBs have been banged up. I think it's like ten or twelve already. Um, so it's it's just hard for teams to go. You know, we're going to move a guy. I, I just don't. I don't think there's anybody out there. Maybe Tannehill could potentially go to like a Minnesota or something like that, or, or to a team that's in QB need. Um, because they, you know they're going to move on to, to to Levis, but again, it's how long, right? Like if he goes to New York Jets, you're still going to start Zach Wilson. Yeah, exactly. That's the issue, yeah. right? As you send him over, but it's you know it's week nine. How fast can he get? Uh, you well, know, Josh Dobbs to the Browns would be the one that I keep coming back to in my mind because he wouldn't have to learn anything. He was already there. Yeah. And he got benched yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he understands that would be a good fit. You know, you go back. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm shocked at the benching. Like, like, if you're Arizona, like, I don't understand. They've been competitive in pretty much every, every game. game. Yeah. It's the best case scenario. They're competitive and losing, which yeah, is what you want to be. For right. sure. But, like, why? Like that, that one, to me, I don't, I don't feel like when I watch them, he is the problem. Yeah. You follow me? Like, no, like, I like don't, you know, I most of the time so either, when yeah. QBs get benched, it's, like, pretty clear, right? The guy keeps throwing everything to the other team or he's not, you know, guys aren't rallying around him or whatever. 
like you feel like during the game, dudes love playing with him. I mean, yeah. he'll pull it down and go run it. Like he'll yeah. do whatever he whatever he's asked to do. That just seemed odd to me. So I, maybe that's the trade, right? Is maybe they they know they got a trade, so they're going to figure this out. But um, that that one could work again. Like going back to a former team, always you know you always feel a little more comfortable. But man, it, there's just so many injuries. You just you worry, right? Like you worry even even if you're Arizona, if Kyler Murray goes out and gets hurt, do, do you not want Dobbs still to be in the building? Like yeah. like what's your you know, what, Clayton Toon, I right. guess, is yeah, what they're yeah. Is that what you're going to that, do? That's what they're saying they're going to do. But, Jeff, before we let you get out of here, I want to ask you about a trade that we did see go down yesterday. Yes. The Giants send Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks Ooh. for a second and a fifth round draft pick. What does the trade mean for both teams? Well, it, it tells you the Giants, though, that this one's done. And they couldn't pay two. <laughs> they can't pay two, you know. But I, I will tell you, coaching against him last year, like when we went to New York, he was the circle. Right, like, and you and I both know what that means. So you go yeah. in that you go in that film study, and you're like, "Hey, this is a freaking dude, right? Yes, like, we got to get this guy blocked. We got to figure, and that's in run or pass, right? He plays it all. He's effective. Uh, he can generate pass rush. He can do all the things that you want to do. So obviously, the Giants are saying, "Hey, we can't pay two. We're going to figure this thing out." Um, for the Seahawks, it is a major upgrade for them on the interior portion of their defensive line and you're getting so so now in a team and this is where I feel like they understand they really have a shot in this NFC right like yeah. like we really got a shot we can we can ugly games up we can find ways to win but how do you do that it's by controlling that line of scrimmage and a dude like that just he puts you over the top I mean it's just it's a it's a great pickup for Pete Carroll Jeff Saturday will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. He joins us each and every week here on Unsportsmanlike, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Amazing job as always. Thank you so Enjoy much. Enjoy your Jeff. pancakes, Jeff. Okay, Enjoy the pancakes. Or, coming or, up. Our former, former uh, our artist formerly known as. Yes, yes. How dare you? Know. you. Yes. Uh, coming up, I'm over it next on Sportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Like This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Of course, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. It is Halloween. Hopefully you can watch us on ESPN2 today as you'll see our, our costumes. Let's just make sure everybody knows what we are. Smalls, you are? Cruella DeVille. I'm the artist formerly known as Canty. And I'm just an 80s rock guy, kind of. 
person. 80s thing. rock guy? But you have a sweat. But you have a sweat I'm an '80s guy. '80s '80s guy. '80s guy. Yeah, not rock guy. Yeah, I was born 1980, so I'm an '80s guy. Okay, there you go. There's got to be one specific person that you're channeling from the '80s. I swear it's not. My dad. My dad didn't have hair like. Doesn't have hair like this. That was your dad's go-to. No, but my dad currently will wear not the pink and the fluorescent, but my dad currently wears jumpsuits like this. Really? Like the windbreaker jumpsuits? Wow. They're, they happen that is to be very comfortable. They really are very... I'm, I'm oddly comfortable today okay. outside of the wig. Okay. Uh, I hope right. Pat Costello, our producer, is comfortable at home resting because he is out today. Yeah. And normally at this time quitter. we do... I, uh, I'm sorry, what? I said quitter. Hmm. Uh, Nuno has said the same thing. Nuno has questioned um, Pat, yeah. our producer, Nuno. Uh, Sometimes you got to play hurt. Sometimes you got to play sick. That's but, the kind of commitment that we require on this show. What's interesting yeah, is... Yeah, we're all wearing wigs. Where's yeah. Pat? Exactly. I reminded Nuno, you know, you were out sick too. And he said, I was? And I said, yeah, you had a day or two where you were out. And he That's forgot. Right. However, I had pink eye that day, so I was Ooh. thinking about my teammates. I didn't want to give that to anyone else. Yeah. So that's my excuse. Got you. Right. I don't know. D- D- Nuno, I have to ask this question. Was Pat Costello exhibiting any symptoms yesterday? I'm going to get real technical here. So then let's do it as I'm over. Because it's real conspicuous. Pat it's really conspicuous right now. Halloween. I'm just asking. Did he show any symptoms yesterday, Nuno? No, he was talking about, and I don't mm. know if he was being sarcastic or not, how like he had a costume. He was planning on dressing up. So, he was trying to shame exactly. Javante and myself. And no. then, you know, I, we get a text at, uh, it was a one, about 145, right before the James Harden. Yeah, so Woj oh. is breaking Harden, yeah. Pat Costello is breaking a fever. No, no, Pat, no, Pat Costello was at a party, break dancing, and oh, probably decided, you know it. what, I'm not going to go to work tomorrow, I'm going to tell everybody that I'm sick, Correct. and they're going to let me make it. But he had the costume for a reason, and we thought it was probably to be on the show, but what it really was for a costume party last night for Halloween, and he may have a you know, a situation where he's got the brown bag flu. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Well, in uh, we have a replacement for Pat today for I'm Over. We do. Yeah, uh, filling in for Pat today okay. is Clemson football coach Dabo oh. Sweeney. <laughs> Amazing guy. an interesting replacement Amazing that Dabo would actually replace Pat but Dabo on his weekly coaching show, coaches show, uh, Tiger Calls, had this to say about uh, starting out as the lowest paid coach when he started at Clemson. I used to tell people all the time, if they what's the difference in Clemson? Let me tell you. At, Cle- at some places, there's an expectation, but at Clemson, there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is we've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now, even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, when I hired Tony Elliott – to be the offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life. I'm sure you were critical then, right? And he took us to two national championships. People like you who just love to to destroy people with your comments, all right? I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never – I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front. So to answer your question, I started as the lowest-paid coach in this freaking business, all right? And I'm where I am. Because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with it, I don't care. All right? I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation. Oh, my God. 
Okay, so uh, that I was promise a- you, when you go somewhere else, they ain't going to pay you $11.5 million based on what they're seeing right now. And, and the shifting landscape of college football. So I, I, I can't— And that was st- still a caller, by I, the way. I, but that's, that's my point, though. Like, they've adjusted the expectations based on the standard that you've established in the last decade in Clemson football. And you are judged based on not only wins and losses, but how that, that is correlated with what your pay scale is. You make $11.5 million a year. You're one of the highest paid coaches in college football. You're damn right people are going to be looking at you sideways when you play in a conference where, where there's no other team that has more losses in the conference than you. Think about that. Clemson is in the ACC. Now, two and four. The ACC is behind the Big Ten and the SEC, maybe behind the Big 12. And certainly with the Pac-12 and the success that they've been able to have this year. It's it's not the most dominant college football conference. Right. But they're looked at in Clemson as one of the preeminent programs in the college football landscape. There are no teams in the conference that have more conference losses than Clemson. Now, I went to UVA, and my school is god-awful. And guess what? We don't have. We have four losses in the conference, and that's where Clemson is. Uh, they got four. I losses. don't want to correct you. You have three losses in the conference. You're actually doing better than they are. But that's my point, though. Ev. <laughs> think about. Well, we're two and six overall. That's well, not great. That's not great. Come on, come on, come on. But my point. Stop but my it. point is this: you're, you're you're judged based on your ability to compete and win in the conference and get to the college football playoff because of what you make. Why are you disparaging the caller for calling that out? That makes no sense to me. He's getting defensive for a reason because he needs to defend his performance. A hit dog a holler, right? You know? But I mean, um, but I guess that's the scary part about Dabo Sweeney Smalls is that college football is changing before our eyes with NIL and transfer portal, and Dabo has leaned into neither, and now it's starting to catch up with him. Players are not defaulting to going to Clemson because they think that Clemson is just going to be one of the best four teams in the country off of prestige. It's now about being able to recruit guys in the high school level and the prep level, but also recruit around the college football landscape and get guys to transfer into your program. He has not been able to do that as effectively as some of the other better programs in college football. The easiest way for me to say this is that forever he was the next Alabama coach. There's no way if Nick Saban leaves, you can hire him, even if he went. No. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.